Welcome back. I'm Brett Harris. This is God Knows Where. I'm glad you're here. If you like what you're hearing or if you like what you hear today and you haven't already, I hope that you'll give us a review wherever you're listening. It helps other folks find the show. If you've already given a review or left one wherever you listen, thank you. It means a lot to me. I hope you're also following the show on Instagram or on Facebook. I've got a little giveaway up my sleeve, so be sure to connect with the show on social media. And speaking of connecting, in order to be present with others like we talked about in the previous episode, then by definition, we need to be around others. And that's what today's episode is all about. Not just being present, but what it means to be in community, and why Jesus calls us to find a community, and how we can build community with each other better. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy today's episode, Glove Compartment. It's tough to follow Jesus alone. People have tried. I've tried. Maybe you have too. Folks have wandered into deserts and locked themselves away in monasteries just trying to walk more closely with Jesus. But it's hard to love your neighbor or feed folks when they're hungry or be like the Good Samaritan or try to do any of the things Jesus teaches us to do alone. Jesus' entire message is built upon the idea of a community. It's about figuring out how we do life together. The first thing Jesus does in his own ministry is he finds his people. And they end up being the people who not only journey with him through his life, they're the people he stays with until his dying day. And they're the people he sends out to form similar communities to the one they found with each other once he's gone. We've come to call that community the church. Twice this word church comes out of Jesus' mouth. Once when he tells Peter that he will build his church upon him, and then later when Jesus instructs people on how to handle their disputes. The word's ecclesia. Literally, it means to be called out or those who are called out, those who are gathered. It's a gathering. It's all about the people. The little children's hand trick that we learned early on is right for the most part. There's a church and a steeple, but it's the people that make the whole gathering worthwhile. And Jesus never tells us to go to church. He shows us how to build a community, one where we can be ourselves and bring ourselves into the presence of God alongside others who are trying to do the same, where we can find our people just like he did. So what is it? about the church, this place we go to that we've formed in response to following Jesus that makes it so hard for us to find our people, that community, like Jesus did. A place where we can drop all the distinctions and distractions that fill our lives and simply be together with each other and with God. Why is it that more and more of us, in order to hear God's voice more clearly and heed God's call more consistently, feel the need to run away from, instead of toward, a community of folks trying to follow Jesus. I think it's because for too many of us, the church has become a compartment, not a community. There's a chance you're in your car now, right? What's in your glove compartment? 
if yours is like mine, you got an owner's manual, a first aid kit that may or may not have what you need to heal a wound, probably some napkins that you've hoarded over time to clean up the messes you'll make or others will make in your car, probably some old CDs your friends burned for you years ago, a silverware packet that you didn't know what to do with, but you didn't want to throw it away, maybe a nice scraper to help you clear your view. And for sure, there's the insurance and registration cards that we all need to keep to prove to others that we are allowed to drive the car. And if you're like me, you only reach for any of those items when you need something, when you're in trouble, or when you made a mistake. I think it's the same with us in the church. It's full of memories and supplies and guides to solve problems and proof that we follow the rules, but its relevance to our lives too often has been limited to how it can help us in a time of need, not in shaping our daily lives. It's become a compartment, not a community. With that kind of mentality about the church, though, it's, it's hard to find the people and build the community that we need in our lives to support us along the way, like Jesus did. Church ends up being a hard place for us to build community. And I'm not saying that it doesn't. I'm not saying that it can't be a place where that happens. I'm just saying that for a lot of us, it can be hard to do and be who God calls us to be and do what God calls us to do while we're there because we've crammed all this stuff inside the church. The church is full of stuff, our stuff. It's like our glove compartment, stuff we don't always need but that we can't let go of, information we struggle to apply, but when we need it, we need it, and we want to have it right there at our beck and call. It's full of music that we love, we used to love, but we aren't so sure about anymore. And similarly, it can feel like there's only one way for everything to fit inside it. There's really no room for anything or anyone new. If you aren't already in or if you're new or if you understand your faith differently from others, then it's hard to figure out where you could fit in or where you still fit in. That's not a great way to do or be the church, the community Jesus called us to. And it's a terrible way to build relationships with others, especially the kind that Jesus built, a community that started out small and kept growing as it went because it was willing and able to always find more room for another person to join. I think that's why so many of us are searching for community somewhere else. It feels too often like there's no room. My favorite book is The Glad River by Will Campbell. It follows Dupes Momber and his two good friends through all the ups and downs they face together as a tight-knit little community. And there are two moments in that book where they're talking about Jesus saying, where two or three are gathered in my name. You remember that story that Jesus tells? In the first moment in that book, they agree that Jesus meant it literally, not four or ten or a hundred, just two or three. And while they're having that conversation, there's a nurse who's healing Dupes' wounds. And she's in and out of the conversation. And she's doing what she can to help their little group continue to meet while he's recovering in the hospital. And she's not really a part of the community, but she overhears them talking about these two or three are gathered. And it's later when one of the other friends of Dupes is in a tight spot 
that she comes to be with them again. And it's at that moment that Dupes realizes that they were wrong. They were wrong back then when they thought it literally meant two or three. They were wrong not to welcome her in to their community. After all, she was doing all she could to keep their community together. So Dupes admits to her that he was wrong, that they should have made room for her then, and that they will make room for her now. If the church wants people to find community within it, then the church has to commit itself to creating an environment where we can be present with others who are also trying to follow Jesus. The church needs to create an environment where we welcome more people in, where there's always more room for someone else to join us. Even if that means changing what we do, even if that means changing or altering or maybe even getting rid of the things that we have loved most about church or all we've ever known church to be, just so that we can be together building a community with the folks around us. We've got to be willing to make more room at the table. In my life, the church never did that more clearly than on the side of a mountain in North Carolina. Fourteen years ago, Elizabeth and I were maybe three weeks into being married and found ourselves chaperoning the youth group from our church to youth camp. It's not the ideal place for newlyweds to round out their first month of marriage, but it made us both look at church and community differently, and we're grateful for that. There in those bunkhouses and dining halls were probably 200 middle and high schoolers from all over the southeast. They were all part of different misfit Baptist churches, but they were each other's people. They may not have fit in back home, but they were all in the in crowd when they were at camp. There was only one crowd and everyone was a part of it. And there was a young man in our youth group with severe social anxiety and struggles that stemmed from the autism he lived with. He wasn't the only one, but he was certainly the most visible. And he was new to the community. He yelled when others were silent. He walked around when others were seated. And many of us adults were unsure of what to do or how to react, how to help the community navigate all this together. But not the kids. None of them batted an eye. Sure, he was different and new, but they were a community. And now that he was there with them, he was a part of it. So they made room for him. They altered their behavior, not his. They made their gatherings work for everyone. And when he wanted to participate in the closing gathering, they said, okay. And everyone cheered for him when it was over. It was beautiful. Every community should be like that. Every community should see every person like that, especially the church. If those kids liked their camp the way it was, and they went there only to get out of it what they wanted or what they needed, then they would never have made space for him. But to them, it wasn't a compartment. It was a community. And they knew what Jesus knew. The communities always have more room. The mentality that we bring with us to church, thinking about it as a compartment or as a community, that mentality determines the role 
it will play in our lives and in the lives of those around us. And given what we're told about Jesus' life, I'm pretty sure that he could have walked the roads he walked alone. He could have reached into the towns and crowds and lives of those around him and gotten what he needed to make his points and achieve his goals. But he didn't. And it was probably harder for him than going it alone. But it made a difference in his life and in the lives of those around him. People saw a new way of being together, of realizing who God was calling them to be. Jesus didn't just do what he wanted to do. He brought other people along with him to join him, to be together. And together, they shaped each other's lives. And their example is shaping other people's lives still today. To Jesus, I don't think going to church matters as much as us being the church, being gathered, being together, however hard it may be, whatever it might mean, we have to change. What matters, what Jesus shows us how to do, is how to find our people, how to surround ourselves and invest ourselves in a community of people who will nurture and challenge and support us, support each other, to be who God is calling all of us to be. What matters is making it possible for others to find that community too. Helping others find the folks who will nurture and support and guide them to be who God wants them to be. Even if it looks a little bit different than we might expect. What matters is that we do this together. We've got to make room for all of us like those kids did on that mountain. And we've got to give ourselves room to grow and to welcome others like Dupes and his friends learned. We can't make it through this life alone. Jesus knew that. He found who he needed and he wants us to find that too. He wants us to do the same because in finding them, we find the only way that we can ever follow him. God Knows Where is written, produced, and edited by me, Brett Harris, with music by Thomas Steinwinder and Michael Trest, and unwavering support from my wife, Elizabeth. If you like what you hear, I'd encourage you to share God Knows Where with your friends and family, and give us a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. It would mean the world to me, and it'll help more people find God Knows Where. Thanks in advance for your help and for being here and for listening. Until next time, take these words from William Sloan Coffin with you. May God give you the grace never to sell yourself short. Grace to risk something big for something good. Grace to remember that the world is too dangerous for anything but truth and too small for anything but love. So may God take your minds and think through them, and your eyes and see through them, and your hearts and set them on fire.